Uh, but we so appreciate uh, all those different um, folks that protect us, keep us safe. They are the arm of the Lord as far as restraining evil, and it was great. We've been on a series called Mythbusters, and this is the fourth weekend that we've been talking about some myth that has infiltrated the church that concerns me because if we ever needed a red-hot, anointed, bold, assertive, confident church, it's now. And so I've been attacking, exposing, I hope popping the bubble of some myths that uh, a lot of believers have begun to believe. And the one I want to deal with today is called the myth of many roads to God. Now I'm about to take you in the Oprah Winfrey show. I'm not kidding. We're about to look at the Oprah Winfrey show. And I'm going to show you a clip from a show that she did a couple of years ago, a few years ago, when she was still on uh, ABC. And something happened in this exchange between her and the audience that I want us to see because it sets up what I want to say today. So let's pray and then I'm going to ask you to be seated and we will watch Oprah for just a couple of minutes and then I'm going to respond to what she says. Father, thank you for your word today. And we pray that you will help us, Lord, to be a red-hot, sharp church and that you will raise up churches all over America giving the clarion call to come to the cross of Christ. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, good to see you one more time. Let's watch Oprah. Here we go. A panel has been discussing the spirituality and the forces of God but I also believe that there are two forces that are here with us. That we do have our, our, our God that we can depend on, but there's also a power of darkness that we do need to be aware of. And, and that's you, where the choice is. Do you begin. believe that, that you can choose between one or the other? Most, most absolute definitely. Yeah. Now, now Marianne uh, Williamson says in her book, Return to Love, that we're always walking in the direction of one or the other. That all of your actions in life, either you're moving toward the darkness or you're moving toward the light. Right. She calls it fear and love. There's this wonderful book called Ishmael by Daniel Quinn, which talks, it, which, which is, anyway, it's a gorilla talking, but anyway. Uh, it talks about one of the points it brings out is one of the mistakes that human beings make is believing that there is only one way to live That's and right. that we don't accept that there are diverse ways of being in the world that there are millions of ways to be a then human being and, and many ways no but many paths to what you call god that and her pleasing. path might be something else and when she gets there she might call it the light but her loving and her kindness and her generosity brings her if it brings her to the same point that it brings you it doesn't matter whether she called it god along the way or not and i guess the danger that could be on that i mean it it sounds great on the onset but if you really look at both sides I there could possibly be just one way what what about jesus what about jesus only one way. There is one way and only one way, and there that is through Jesus. There couldn't possibly be with because a million of people in the world. There couldn't possibly be. Because you say, you intellectualize it and say there isn't. If no. you don't believe that, you're all buying into the lie. But that means you're right. Do you think, do you think that if you, if you are somewhere on the planet, 
Where are you some, if you're somewhere on the planet and you never hear the name of Jesus, you never hear the name of Jesus, but yet you live with a loving heart, you lived as Jesus would have had you to live, you lived for the same purpose that Jesus came to the planet to teach us all, but you are in some remote part of the earth and you never heard the name of Jesus. You cannot get to heaven, you think? And that is covered in the scriptures, too. The People are talked about Truly. that. God knows the heart. Does God care about your heart or God care about if you call his son Jesus? Well, you know, Oprah, God, Jesus cannot come back until that gospel is preached in the four corners of this earth. So, you know, figure it out. Okay. Okay, I can't get into a religious argument with you. It's not religion. Mm. What I would like to say to Oprah, I want to read to you. Let's stand and read a few verses. And I want to answer what took place right there. This is one of the real concerns that I have for the church, that the exclusive message that Jesus preached, that he gave us, is being watered down, diluted, and lost. Uh, I didn't show this to attack Oprah. I, I, you know, I, I have nothing personally against Oprah, but I do want to expose the concepts that we just heard. And of course, that went out to millions of women who, you know, lead the culture. Women who do most of the shopping, who have an incredible influence, that went out. So let's read what I would like to say to Oprah is, but Oprah, what about what Jesus said? What do you do with that? Well, let's read what he said. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Jesus said, John 14, verse 1, trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, if this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am and you know the way to where I am going. And then Thomas said, Lord, we don't know. We have no idea where you're going. Of course, he was going to heaven. We don't have any idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? And Jesus answered. Jesus told him, read this with me, church. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one. Now say those last few words again. No one. Now catch this. Here, he's answering Oprah. No one can come to the Father except through me. How exclusive can you get? How narrow can you get? How one-way-ish can you get? And that's the words of Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for your word today. Help us to get clear on this. And I pray that you will raise up churches that will really return to the preaching of the gospel that was given to the early church that Jesus gave us without shame, without embarrassment. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him one way. You can be seated. God bless you. I found it amazing that that little exchange took place on Oprah's show. Her contention that there are many roads to God, which she said with her own mouth. It's also, uh, that, that concept is embraced by other famous people. Let me give you a couple of them. Tiger Woods was asked about his religious beliefs, and he said this, quote, my father was a Christian. Of course, Christianity was part of my life. But my mother is Asian, and Buddhism was also part of my childhood. So I practiced both faiths respectfully. 
I'd like to know how he does that. Because Buddhism doesn't even acknowledge God. So I don't know how you practice Buddhism and Christianity, but I'll leave that with Tiger. Now, how about Sarah Michelle Gellar, star of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, said this about spirituality, quote, I consider myself a spiritual person. I believe in an idea of God, although it's my own personal ideal. I find most religions interesting, and I've been to every kind of denomination, Catholic, Christian, Jewish, Buddhist. And watch this, what she says. I've taken bits from everything and customized it. So I have a customized, homemade faith. Here's what really concerned me. One recent poll reveals that evangelicals under 30 years old believe that there are many ways to God, not just through Jesus. I don't know how you can be an evangelical and say that, but they said it. Another survey showed that nearly two-thirds of evangelicals under 35 years old believe that non-Christians can go to heaven. That tells me that the generation coming up under me that's going to be preaching the gospel isn't going to be preaching the gospel I preached. And somehow we have failed to relay the words of Jesus Christ that he so clearly gave to us that we just read. It was exclusive. It was one way. It was unique. It was narrow. He talked about the broad road leading to destruction, the narrow road that leads to life. Now I want to just take a minute and first point out this growing trend in our culture, the Western culture, to mix different faiths together, because that's, tr- that's the fad now. What Sarah Michelle Geller, Tiger Woods, Oprah Winfrey, and so many others are buying into, that there's many roads, many ways, it's a myth, but it's what they believe, many roads in many ways. And I can just pick and choose the ones that I want, the ones that I like, the ones that fit, the ones that make me feel good, and I can just have my own little homemade faith. We have come to love and embrace in America what I call kind of a religious stew. A little bit of Christianity mixed in with a dash of Buddhism. Sated with a touch of New Age mysticism. Seasoned with a sprinkle of yoga. Flavored with a smidgen of Hinduism all stirred together to form a religious smorgasbord that we just feel good about. And why not? Remember last week we talked about political correctness? And political correctness claims that all beliefs are equal, that not one is better than another, that anything you choose is just as valuable and valid as anyone else's, and there is no ultimate truth, leading truth, supreme truth, but all truths are on an equal plane. That's what political correctness claims, and I believe it's the most damaging philosophy to come down the pike since Darwinism and evolution, because Darwinism blinded our eyes to God, but political correctness blinds our eyes to our enemies because it removes our ability to make a judgment, to make a call, to size something up and say, I believe that's wrong, it's not right. We can't do that anymore under political correctness, so why not grab a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of the other because they're all equal. There is no faith, no belief system that's better than another. So we now see the growing popularity of the equivalent of a religious deli sandwich. I want 
I want a religion with all the different possibilities in it, like a deli sandwich or a faith pizza with all the toppings. Give me a faith, we say, with the best of all of them in it, said Sarah Michelle Geller. I like variety. They've all got something to offer, right? Surely they do, because they're all good in their own way. I've taken bits from all faiths and customized it. Yet, you run into a real problem when you encounter the sayings of Jesus Christ. So important because it really all comes down to Him. Because there is no one else like Jesus Christ in all of history. Not anyone. And so it comes really right down to Him. And by far, the most outrageous assertion Jesus ever made. The most the most politically incorrect claim of all is the one we read, John 14, 6. Let me read it to you again. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And no one, not anyone, no matter how hard they try, how sincere they may be, no one comes to God. No one encounters the living God. No one is touched by His life. No one truly comes to know the genuine Creator of the world apart from me. That's what He said. Now, I want us to turn our brains on and just think a little bit today. And, and those listening by radio, I want you to think about what you're hearing. I want to answer the culture. I want to answer this notion that there's many roads to God out there. And you can just pick and choose whichever one, and God will let you in. God will touch you anyway, because you're just so wonderful, and you're you. This claim, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, no man gets the Father by me, rankles people like no other saying of Jesus. Try quoting that in a room of lost people. And they don't like it at all. They call it arrogant. They call it narrow-minded. They call it bigoted. And they call it snobbish. Who are you to say there's only one way? Who are you to say? Because I've got my way. I've got my road. I've got my truth. And based on political correctness, my truth is as good as yours. Who are you to horn in on my party and tell me I've got it wrong? Our pluralistic culture lashes out of the idea that there's only one way to God, only one road to heaven, only one door that opens into eternal life. But listen carefully, church. That's what he said. One problem that immediately surfaces when you quote this is that virtually all world religions make the same kind of claim. If I were the devil and I wanted to keep people away from salvation, I would spawn, I would create a whole bunch of religions. And I would give every one of them the claim to having a corner on the truth so that I can keep you confused till the day that you die and you miss the real way, the real door, the real road. I do my best to keep you looking here and there and everywhere because there's so many of them out there that are saying we've got the only way. The Mormons do. The Mormons make this claim. One Mormon missionary stated, we believe that the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the only true church on earth today, and that there is only one way of salvation, the Mormon way. Jehovah's Witnesses come knocking on your door, they say the same thing. They make this claim stating that they are God's, quote, sole earthly representatives. That's straight off of their website. 
We are God's sole earthly representative. And if you go anywhere else, you're not going to be saved because we've got the corner on the truth. And, the, these, and any world religion makes the same claim. And these exclusive claims from other religions confuse people. And that's what the devil wants. How can anybody know they've got it right? How can anyone truly claim to have the only way, the only truth that leads to heaven and to being connected with the true living God? And how can we, as an honest seeker, distinguish between them? I, I, you know, there's people confused out there. Oprah's confused. I'm not judging her. I'm, I'm making a judgment on what she said. Millions of people like her are confused about this. But I'm going to go to Jesus. I'm going to go to Jesus. And I think the way that you find out the answer is you've got to go to Christ and listen to what he said. Because listen, church, he was either, he was either a complete and total psychotic lunatic in what he said. Because if, he, if anybody walked up to you today and said what he said, you would look for the top floor in the nearest mental hospital in which to place them. Either a lunatic or a religious liar charlatan or he was who he said he was let's go back to the words of jesus john 14 6 i am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father but by through me if words mean anything this is an utterly exclusive claim by the lord and this is how christ is so different from all the others other religious leaders say follow me and i'll show you how to find truth Jesus says, I am personally the truth. Other religious leaders say, follow me and I'll show you the way to salvation. But Jesus says, I am the way to eternal life. Other religious leaders say, follow me and I'll show you how to become enlightened like the Buddha. But Jesus says, I am the light. I am the light of the world. Other religious leaders say, follow me and I'll show you many doors that lead to God like Oprah. I'll show you many doors that lead to God. But Jesus said, I am the door. There's only one and I'm it. And that's it. Now, if I'm a seeker out there, I, I want to, I, I deserve to hear these things. If I'm a seeker, a genuine seeker, you'll notice in your seeking seeker, that every other religion that you encounter is based on people doing something. They are performance-based. All the world religions are performance-based. You've got to struggle. You've got to strive. You've got to jump through hoops. You've got to perform in order to get God's favor, in order to win your way into heaven. These other religions are spelled do, D-O, do, because they teach that you've got to do a bunch of religious rituals to please God. Totally performance-based. The whole weight of it is on you. If you don't do these things, those things, the other things, and, and you don't measure up by your own works, you're not going to get in. It's that simple. Give you some examples. Some say that you've got to use a Tibetan prayer wheel or go on pilgrimages or give alms to the poor or avoid eating certain foods or pray in a specified way a certain number of times a day or go through a series of reincarnations or whatever it might be but you have to do something that's religion religion is when you've got to try to reach God by your own works but Christianity adds two letters to that word do N-E done 
Listen carefully. Religion is all about do. Christianity is all about done. Christian, uh, religion is you've got to do this, that, and the other to get there. Christianity says when you place your faith in God's only son who died on the cross, listen, he, he was hung on that cross. Here's the message of Christianity in a nutshell. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes on him, whoever does what, believes on him. Not jump through a hundred hoops, but believes on him. Not pray a certain number of times a day, but believes on him. Will not perish, but have everlasting life. When Jesus hung on that cross, he formed a bridge made of two planks. A bridge leading to heaven. And on that cross, inexplicably, in a way that only God could do, Jesus took your your sin and my sin, and he was judged for it. He was blamed for it. He took the wrath for it. He took God's wrath for it. And the wrath of God fell on him while he was on that cross. And that's why he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? At that moment, God the Son was separated from God the Father. He wasn't lost. He was just separated from God the Father as he took our sin upon himself. And now God says, if you believe in my only begotten Son, then I'm going to take his righteousness and I'm going to place it on you. And I took your sin and I placed it on him. And it's not a matter of you doing. It's a matter of you putting faith in what is already done. Already done. So you can have religion and do, or you can have Christianity and walk in done. He paid a price he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed somebody to wash my sins away. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Jesus did it. So Christianity is resting in what is already done through him. And so all religions are not the same. Christianity is different. Its claims are different. Our founder is completely unique. If I could be on Oprah, I would like to first quote John 14, 6, and then this one right here. Luke 12, 8 to 9. I tell you, said Jesus, whoever acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man will also acknowledge him before the angels of God. But he who disowns me before men will be disowned before the angels of God. Either a lunatic said that, or a liar said that, or the Lord said that. A psychotic person would say something like that, unless they were who they said they were. He who disowns me before men will be disowned before the angel of God. Try this one on. John 3, 18. Whoever believes in me is not condemned. But whoever does not believe in me stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Exclusive, narrow, one way. Not many roads, only one road. Came out of Jesus Christ's own mouth. I would want to say, Oprah, what do you do with those words of Jesus? Here's another one. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. Here's the fact. If you're a believer today in Jesus Christ, grace is resting on you. But if you have rejected Christ, wrath is resting on you. That's what Jesus said. John 8, 24. I told you that you would die in your sins. If you do not believe that I am the one I claim to be, I'm going to say that again. 
If you do not believe that I am the one I claim to be. Who did he claim to be? God's only son. If you do not believe I am the one I claim to be, you will die in your sins. Many roads, multiple roads, lots of options, custom design your faith. Not according to Christ. According to Christ, there is no way the Father in heaven without Him. If you decide Jesus is not for you, God doesn't have a plan B. That's what he said. So, Pastor Jeff, you're sounding like a narrow-minded right-wing bigot. Well, no, I'm quoting Christ. Your issue is not with Jeff Wickwire. Your issue is with what I'm quoting, and I'm quoting Christ. So your issue is with him. So are you really willing to call him a narrow-minded, right-wing, extremist, bigot, a hater? I don't think so. And you know what? When I look at the early church, I find that this church that turned the world upside down is what history tells us. They turned the Roman Empire upside down. That They preached the same exclusive, one-way, narrow message. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, Peter says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. If you're going to get saved from your sins and you're really going to go to heaven one day when you die, if you're really going to walk through those gates and enjoy eternal bliss, glory, heaven, if you're going to do it, there's only one way to get there, and that's through Christ. He's the door. He is the door. And that's what he said. Say, well, I like the name of Muhammad, or I like the name of Buddha, or I like Confucius. Well, you can quote them all day long and for the rest of your life. But there is no other name under heaven given to men by God by which we must be saved. There's no other name means we're saved, we're saved by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. His name is our entrance into fellowship with God. And there is none other. If you want to know the one who flung the stars into space, who created endless universes, who created the incredible thousands upon thousands of species of birds and mammals and fishes of the sea, the trees, everything you see and hear and taste and touch and smell. If you want to know him, there's only one way, and it is through Christ. According to Christ, I'm quoting him. There's not another name in time past. There's not another name in time future. It will bring us salvation when we call upon it. Not Muhammad, not Confucius, not Buddha, or any other. And do you know that none of them even claim to be able to do that? Peter said in Acts chapter 10, verse 43, Everybody who believes on him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. The name of Jesus is the only one, the only focus of faith and repentance that brings you into touch with the living God. That is so important. See, if, you, if we miss this, if we miss this, we're missing everything because there's no greater question to answer than this one. What have you done with Christ? And I find that the New Testament letters, when you come out of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels, and the book of Acts, the history of the church, and you come into the letters written by Paul, Peter, James, John, Jude, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the New Testament letters are filled with references to Jesus being the only way to salvation. It's the only message they preached. 
You won't find a hint of the mixing of different beliefs. Listen to these. 1 Timothy 2.5. Paul teaches his protege, Timothy, that there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, the man, the man, Christ, Jesus. There's only one mediator. Only one. A mediator, a mediator stands between you and somebody that you are at odds with. And they bring you together. That's what a mediator does. And that's what Jesus Christ did. The Philippian jailer asked Paul and Silas, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and then you will be saved. The Apostle John wrote in his letter, 1 John 5, 11 through 12, and this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Powerful stuff. See, when you and I were born, we were born in sin, shaped in iniquity, and our spiritual being was dead. We were dead in trespasses and sins, unplugged from the life of God. Just like an unplugged lamp, the bulb is meant to burn, meant to glow, meant to give light, but it's unplugged from the power source. And so it's as good as dead. And when we were born. We were born in sin, shaped in iniquity. That's the testimony of the Bible. There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that does good, no, not one. We have all turned aside. We've all gone astray. We've all gone our own way. And he laid on him the iniquity of us all. So watch this. When, when you come to Christ, just picture picking up that cord, that power cord with a plug at the end. And when you say, Jesus, forgive me and come into my heart as my Savior and Lord, the Holy Ghost plugs you in. And for the first time in your life, you light up. You have life. You have, you have the God life. There's only one way, one name, one mediator. The whole gospel boils down to this truth. When we say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. By faith, I accept you as my Savior. He takes your hand and God's hand and joins them in an eternal grip. And only Jesus can do that. He's our mediator. He's the only one. I read a story yesterday that really touched me. There, there was a fire in a building. It was a multi-story building. And this is a true story. There was a fire and, and it was just consuming the building. And there were people in it. And they were servicemen. And when the, and the fire department got there and they put the ladder up and the ladder went all the way up until it did not reach the last floor at the very top. And they could hear these men screaming for rescue as the flames began to lick around them. They, they put the ladder, they, they were dying a thousand deaths. They were going, oh, how are we going to reach them? What are we going to do? And one fireman said, I can't take it. And he went up the ladder. He stood on the final rung of the ladder and reached up and grabbed the windowsill and yelled to those men, climb down me. And so one after another, climbed down this man as he held on. And the story I read said his fingers were burning and his hair was singeing, but he held on and they climbed down his body to the ladder one after another after another and they were saved. Listen, Jesus says, climb up me. Climb up me. 
I've got one foot on earth and I've got the other in heaven. I am Jacob's ladder. I am the one that will take you up into the life of God so you climb up me. And I want to promise you that Buddha's not on that ladder and Muhammad's not on that ladder and Confucius isn't on that ladder. There's one mediator, one way. Jesus told us there was one salvation. R.C. Sproul wrote, Moses could mediate on the law. Muhammad could brandish a sword. Buddha could give personal counsel. Confucius could offer wise sayings. But none of these men was qualified to offer an atonement for the sins of the world. But Jesus Christ. So when Jesus declares, no one comes to the Father except through me, he means it. Oprah, I'm not making fun. I was there. I know. Listen, you got to have your eyes open. And I'm telling you, how are they open unless somebody preaches the gospel? How are they open unless somebody tells the truth? And I want to close with this. We got to realize that in a, in a day that places a premium on feelings, that truth is not judged by the way we feel. It's not judged by the way we feel. So we, 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 we teach in this generation, if you feel it, it's got to be true. Can I tell you, your feelings will lead you astray so bad it's not even funny. Like Oprah, you might just feel like this can't be true. You saw the clip. She said, this can't be true. There can't be just one way. There must be many roads. Where, where is she coming from? Her feelings, her emotions cannot grasp what Christ said. But the Bible warns there is a way that appears to be right. It feels to be right. It looks to be right. It seems right. But the end thereof are the ways of death. Because we were born in sin, shaped in iniquity, our judgment was skewed. Left to ourselves, our radar will not lead us to truth. There is a way that appears to be right. There must be many roads, but it's not right. It leads to death. Nor are our choices validated by how sincere we are. I'm going to say something you may not like, but I'm going to tell you. God doesn't honor sincerity. Oh, Pastor Jeff, if I'm sincere, if I, just have, I hear people say this all the time. If I just have a sincere heart, God will honor my sincerity. No, the Bible tells me that God honors one thing, and that's faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For those who come to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. There's only one thing that moves God, faith, and it's got to be in the right thing. Faith in the blood, faith in the cross, faith in his son is what God honors. When you get to the judgment seat, God's not going to say, well, tell me how sincere you were. He's not going to do it, friend. Well, won't he know my heart? God says about your heart and mine that it's evil, that it's wicked, that we, have, we break God's law all the time. He's not impressed with your heart or mine. You're judging you through your lens. You're judging you by comparing yourself to other human beings. Well, I'm not in jail. I haven't gotten a ticket. I've never been in trouble with the law. So I'm a good person. No, you're not. The Bible doesn't say, now I'm not saying you're some terrible, awful, we need to take you outside and beat you up. I'm saying that in God's eyes, 
We've all fallen short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. You can't take your heart with all of its sincerity to God and say, well, I was sincere. Here's what God's going to want to know. When I ordered circumstances in your life, when you were on earth, I made sure that you heard the gospel. I want to know what you did with it. What'd you do with my son? Well, you know, uh, gosh, I just didn't think that it was for me. But see, it's all going to boil down to what you did with the son. Because you've heard the gospel. He's going to say, what'd you do with what you heard? Well, I put it off. You shouldn't have. Well, I just, I just wasn't sure about it. You, you should have... Because see, when you heard the gospel, you got convicted. The Bible says they are without excuse. God is not going to be impressed with sincerity unless the sincerity was in the right thing. I believe that people involved in Islam and Hinduism and others are sincere, but sincerity only counts when it's in the right thing. You can be sincerely wrong. You can, be, you can sincerely drink rat poison and you will sincerely die. You, you, can, you can sincerely jump off a building believing that you can survive ten flights and you will still sincerely die. Sincerity is nothing great if it's foolish sincerity or misplaced sincerity. According to Jesus, the belief in many roads to God is just a myth. It's not true according to him. Don't take it up with me. Take it up with him. I've read you only a little bit of what he said. So what have you done with Jesus? How have you responded to Jesus? Some of you are thinking, well, I heard Oprah say, what about all those people that never heard about Jesus? They're going to be judged by the light they had. They have their conscience. Romans 1. They have their conscience. And they have creation. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows His handiwork day to day. They utter speech night to night. They show knowledge. Their voice has gone out to all the earth. There is not a person on earth that does not see what God created. And if that's all you ever have, that's the light by which you will be judged. But forget about people that have never heard. We're not talking to them. We're talking to you. And let God deal with the people that have never heard because shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Of course He will. So... Here's the gospel in a nutshell. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, his only, one and only, not another, not a bunch, his only. And whoever believes on him will be transferred from death to life, darkness to light, hell to heaven, dead to alive by faith in what he did. So what did you do with Jesus? Yesterday, I was in quick lube. I went from here to Quick Lube to get my oil changed, and I did not know what I was about to walk into. I walked into the waiting room, and this guy comes up to me immediately. Toop, long hair, beard, and he's got an iPhone in his hand, and here's what he said to me. Do you like Pantera? Now, some of you know what Pantera is, and if you do, I want to pray for you. Because <laughs> I didn't know when he said it. I said, what in the world is Pantera? And he cranks it up, and it's a heavy metal bottom music. And, and now there's other people in the waiting room. 
And I just walked in. I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm casual. I sure don't look like a pastor. I walked in and, and here's this guy. And he says, do you like Pantera? And I noticed I'm, he's got a t-shirt on with a cross on the t-shirt. But he's cussing like a sailor. Cussing like a sailor. And he's cranking up this Pantera. And he put it right in the middle of the table where all of us got treated to endless Pantera, which is heavy metal, lost devil music. The only thing worse that I can think of is rap music, which is not music. <laughs> I'm sorry if I offend you with that, but that is the most non-music, so-called music. Anyway, I call it trap music. It's a trap. All right, now watch this. Um, so I sit down, and here's this guy. Now, next to me is a man, shaved head, looked kind of tough, looked kind of like a hell's angel kind of guy. And over uh, in another chair was just a guy who was just biding his time, and we were all looking at this individual turning up this Pantera, telling all of us we would soon get used to it. So like it or not. So he said, so he said to me, all of a sudden he said, I'm a man of God. Now, he's about 30 years old. I said, that's it. I can't take anymore. Here goes. And I said, I'm a pastor. And right then, whoosh, you could feel it. Whoosh. And I noticed the, the, the guy over here to my far left had on a cap, looked like a good old boy kind of guy, had on a cap. And when I said, I'm a pastor, all of a sudden there was something else in the room with us. And I could tell he was looking for his car to get finished quick because he felt it coming. So I said, I'm a pastor. And then I said, here goes. I said, I said, have you ever accepted Christ into your heart? He said, now all the shuck and jive is gone. Now we're getting serious. Pantera just seemed to fade. Matter of fact, he picked up the radio and turned it down. God started taking over. And I said, <laughs> and I said, I'm going to have church. I'm going to have church before I get to church tonight. We're going to have church here. So I said, have you ever accepted Christ in your life? And he said, well, uh, uh, it's been years since I was in church and I was baptized. I said, no, have you ever accepted Christ into your heart? Because if you haven't, you're lost. Well, now this guy over here is up and he's walking over to the window. <laughs> and he's saying, is my, is my car, I want my bill. It's so much fun when you just let Jesus loose in a room. Just let him loose in a room. And it's so much fun because all of a sudden there is another person there. There is another presence there that's working with you. If you stay true to the word. So I'm talking to this kid. Well, I say kid, he's 30-ish. To me, that's a kid anymore. I said, talking to this young man. And I said, have you ever accepted Christ? And I said, picture a wagon wheel. You got the wooden spokes and you've got the hub. Now, those wooden spokes represent all the issues of life, finances, relationships, health, everything. All the issues of life are represented in the spokes. The hub is your walk with God. Now, if that hub is solid and good, it, all the spokes are touching it. So it touches all the spokes. So that if you get really right with God and make Jesus the Lord of your life, and, and really walk with him, it, it, it inevitably, inexorably touches all the areas of your life that matter. See, a lot of people live their whole life out trying to fix spokes. 
when if you just take care of you and Christ, that's the beginning of really getting it together. So I'm telling him all this. Well, I did not know that this guy next to me, whose head was shaved, looks like a former hell's angel, is his father-in-law. And he all of a sudden says, well, tell him, brother. He said, he wasn't even supposed to come with me today, but I made him come with me and now I know why. And he stood up and blocked the door. <laughs> now, there's something entirely different. Instead of him trying to vex me with that music, everything is flipped. So, I said, he said, well, where do you pastor? And I said, I pastor Turning Point Church at Garden Acres in 35. He looked at his father-in-law and said, it can't be. And he said, I live on Garden Acres. I go by your church every day. Are you him? And I said, I'm him. And here's my card. I'm going to look for you in church. Now watch this. What are the odds that 30 miles this way, in the middle of just a neighborhood, in a little tiny quick lube waiting room, that he would live right, it's right down there. And he goes by, our, he said, I go by your church every day and see that sign every day. I said, well, now you've got the card. I know he's going to be here. But watch this. I, I did not say, well, you know, there's many roads to God, and hey, just pick and choose and become a good Buddhist, or God will understand. I said, if you don't accept Christ, you're lost. And that's when everything in that room changed. We don't need to be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God. And if they call you narrow, just say, listen, your issue is with him, not with me, because I'm quoting what he said. What are you going to do? We need to share it in love and we need to share it with patience, but we need to tell the truth. Can we stand? I tell you, I almost had my best church in a quick lube waiting room yesterday. It was great. Now, I want us to bow for a moment of prayer, can we? And I'm so glad that you're here today and that you've been able to hear this message on what Christ Jesus actually said. Our prayers go out for the Oprahs of the world, for the millions of people who are confused on this issue. But what about you? Maybe you used to walk with the Lord and you've drifted. You've gotten away. Can I tell you, if there was ever a time to get right, it's right now. I wouldn't leave this building today without getting right with God. <clears throat> and maybe you've never in your life really looked up and in faith said, I believe that you died for me, Lord. And I need you to come into my heart and make me alive in God. Give me life. He'll do it. If you're involved in some other religion, I want to tell you in love, unless it's focused on Jesus Christ, it's not going to get you into contact with the living God. 
If you can say, Pastor Jeff, I'm in one of those two categories. Would you let me pray with you today? I'm just going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to slip your hand up and say, I'm in one of those two and I don't want to leave this building without getting peace with God. I want you to raise your hand right now, real quickly, where I can see you. I'll let you pray with me. And I need to get right with Him. I'm not going to call you down except at the very end. But I want to pray with you today. Sir, ma'am, do you need to make peace with God through Jesus? He wants to bless you with His peace. So lift your hand and say, I'll let you pray with me today. And I'm going to see you. God bless you. God bless you. And I want to pray now. Listen carefully. At the very end, when I dismiss, I'm going to ask those of you that raise your hand to come down. And I want to shake your hand. I want to meet you. And I want to pray the most important prayer with you you'll ever pray. We're going to make peace with God. And I pray that God will grace you to do that. Don't leave out the back door. Come down here. And I'm going to wait for you. People have done it every service this weekend, and we're thanking God for what he's doing. So you come as soon as we dismiss. Now, can you just be seated one more time quickly? We're going to do something very quickly. My ushers are stationing themselves. Let's put the, uh, the picture up there, would you guys? I am, and two other members of our church staff are members of Kappa. Kappa means that we are kind of like police chaplains. 